Superbrain is a labour of love. Alas, no podcast can survive on love alone. We don't have a sponsor, so we need your support for Superbrain to stay alive and kicking. You can make a one-off donation by following the Support This Show link in the show or episode description. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello. And welcome to Superbrain, the podcast for everyone with a brain. My name is Sabina Brennan and my guest today is PJ Gallagher, much loved Irish comedian, broadcaster and actor. Best known for his role in The Young Offenders and for his naked camera characters, Taxi Driver, Jake Stevens and a dirty owl one renowned for sexual innuendo. You might want to turn the volume down on this episode and turn your attention up to keep up with this one as PJ and I are both very excitable and have a tendency to talk loudly and speak over each other. So there's your work and then there's stuff that people have written about you and interviews that you've done and one of them jumped out at me and that was about the motorbikes because I'm always talking about how people can manage stress or, you know, yeah. reduce anxiety and people always say to me, oh, what about meditation? What about this? And I said, no, you've got to find something that you love where you absolutely lose yourself. You're totally in that. That's meditation. That's much easier than sitting trying to actually do, do the oh, meditation. Yeah. And that really jumped out at me because I read the article because you were saying the first time you got on a motorbike... Well, first time I ever was on a bike. I mean, anything to do with two wheels has always been my way out of anything. Like, no matter what it was. like so just, a push bike as well. Anything. The first time I was on two wheels ever as a young fella. Like, I'll never forget the first day the stabilisers came off. <laughs> you know, I'll never forget it. Like, that was a hugely significant day in my life. You know, the day the stabilisers came off, I that sense of freedom. Like, I remember my uncle. What a bastard when I think of it. Like he put, <laughs> he put 50 pence on the ground and says, if you can pick that up, cycle and pass, you can keep it. And of course, I near killed myself. Like, you know. Oh, you had to be. So, so I read that all right. But I, yeah. I was thinking the same thing about your uncle, you know. Yeah. I'll be trying to keep you diverted for a long time. No, I but think you he was actually... just fucking with me. Like, I think, you know, it was a different time. It was like when you used to like, you know, see kids get hurt for the crack. You know, it was a different time. You know, I grew up in a time where, you know, now it's kids aren't allowed out of the house. I wasn't allowed into the house ever. <laughs> like, I wasn't allowed into the house. Like, that was a fact, you know. To play outside. Yeah, it, it, what play? It was just get the fuck out of the house. You know, your ma was busy. Your parents didn't want you there. You were under their feet. So, you yeah, know, yeah. nine o'clock on a Saturday morning. You what's out going all on? Day. Get out. Get the fuck out. You yeah, know, yeah. don't be underneath me feet. So, you're eight years old and you have a bike. Well, if you're eight years old and you have a bike and no one gives a shit where you are until the streetlights come on, you've got freedom in your life, you know. Yeah. And then I started watching Evil Knievel videos. <gasps> Do you remember? Jesus Christ, I was, I never, I couldn't believe, it's still, I would say, the greatest influence ever. People look at Evil Knievel and they say, he's the most ridiculous, stupid human being in the face of the earth. He actually never even succeeded in anything he did. This is what I loved about him. <laughs> Every single major jump. He's like your man Eddie the Eagle. Do you remember the skiing? Yeah, Eddie, yeah, 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 except Eddie the Eagle like could stand up and go home. Like <laughs> Evil can even can even have to try and actually live. Like you know, he never he would like if I can just 
live through this next hour, I will be a millionaire. Like, if I can just... So it was never about succeeding. He never wanted to succeed. He just wanted to try and stay the fuck alive for the next 10 minutes. And I remember being obsessed with that idea that this person on a bike could get on a bike and do something which, like, literally take his life in his hands. And if he was alive in 10 minutes' time, he was going to live a different life. And... Uh, this ridiculous man with high heels and a cape and yeah. a walking cane all dressed up and I was obsessed with it you know and I, like I would always jump on a bike if I wanted to get away from the world always jump on a bike and then my old man got cancer and he was like obviously very sick because it killed him <laughs> so you know what I mean and then I remember uh, being uh, getting on a bike a motorbike for the, like you know months later like just in the 90s like and I got on a bike and Riding down here in Clontarf, down Hollybrook Road, I got on Jason Bourne's motorbike and went down Hollybrook Road. Never been on a motorbike before. Yeah. And uh, I just remember not feeling uh, sad. Like, no, I wasn't first happy time. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't in a great form. I well, didn't start pissing myself laughing. Like, it wasn't some yeah, stupid yeah, yeah. movie. But all of a sudden, I had something else. Like, something yeah. that I was back on two wheels. I was yeah, back on my escape. You, you can't ride a motorbike not paying attention because you're not going to be alive. But then you say like... that, but you don't feel like you're paying attention. There's something about being in the groove. I think that's what I loved about racing as well. You just get into this place where the only thing that matters, you don't feel like you're paying attention no. at all. No. But the only thing that matters is the second in front of your face. Yeah. That's all. No, but that's it. That's not, it. You, you don't have to actively pay attention. That's what I'm. That's what I'm always trying to, trying to get alive. to people. You're that, just doing it. Just trying to stay alive. And I guess that's what happened with racing then, because you go you go from one extreme. So did you go into racing then? Oh yeah, yeah. I raced motorbikes for years then, and I always say that they were the best days of my life. In fact, everything else since racing has just been hanging around. It's not real life at all. Like racing was real life. Like when you're getting leaving a race there on a Sunday and you genuinely were shitting yourself like the fine line between falling off a motorcycle and winning a trophy the difference that makes to your life yeah you, like you genuinely could die on a Sunday or you could wake up on the Monday morning with a trophy and like the difference that makes to your week like you know that's all you think about is holy shit you know so you so, wired all the time I was wired all the time doing racing yeah I was wired all the time but it was gave me something to focus on and that's all I cared about was racing I didn't care about nothing else people say why did you gig or why did you do stand up comedy and everything to pay for a motorbike parts yeah, I, yeah. Like, I've never liked stand up comedy like I think sta- I, well, like, I wouldn't go to a stand up gig if you paid me I think stand up comedy fucking grand like I only ever did it because I couldn't do fuck all else you know <laughs> and then so, so, but you could race well like yeah but not good enough to make a like it was good on the Irish standards I could win yeah. a few races here but I was never going to make a full time living out of it you know, that was the thing. So uh, racing was where I could put my focus into stuff. And then I did a couple of road races and then I had a huge accident in Spain and that was the end then because I went back to Mondello Park briefly and for the first time ever on a racetrack, I was afraid. And when you're afraid, it's over. Yeah, because that's over. what I was going. That's what I was going to ask you. Because then you're not you. focused anymore. You're just afraid, you know. You're yeah, that's that's exactly what I was going to ask you. Because what's going through the back of my mind as well is so you've you've mentioned the 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 motorbikes and the stand up, right? And the motorbike, like my heart is racing at the thought of being on a motorbike. Like you know, I I'd be kind of pretty scared about that. But what I find really interesting is you can go that life death stuff on the motorbike and be excited about it and buzzing. But then you had course, issues yeah. with panic attacks before. Yeah. Performing on stage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I still hate performing on stage. Yeah. You know, I always have done. So that's why I'm not doing it, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I understand that. Like, I, But I wasn't afraid to get killed. I didn't care. It just was, I was doing something I loved doing. Uh, so I didn't care. 
there was a part of me but that was old, afraid how, of getting how injured. How old were you? Are you talking oh, late is, teens, early twenties? No, 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 I was in my thirties. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. No, I was right into my mid thirties. Oh, because I was going to say, I, you know, your brain hadn't fully kind of developed into no, being no. able to re- assess risk properly. No, but. I was right into my mid thirties. I just didn't wow. care. I just didn't care. Was it that you didn't care? Or you needed that buzz. I didn't care. Yeah, right. Okay. No, it, this was what I wanted to do. I didn't care. I, when I have low moments, I often think, I wish that was the time I was I was killed. You know, if I have low moments, that's what I think because those were the best days of my life. Those are the days that all that mattered was being on the racetrack where I had a single, absolute, driven focus every weekend where I would stay fit all through the winter, where I would get operations all through the winter and I could bear them all because I knew I was going to get on the racetrack again in the summer where all that mattered was that one second in front of me face and that one second behind me where I could go out to racetracks and and people would get hurt and sometimes I would get very badly hurt but I knew I'd be able to get back on a racetrack. So if you die doing that, you don't give a shit. I know it's hard for the people to understand that don't do it, but I didn't care about it. And I guess you look at people who've never done it and you think, Grant, you don't get it. Yeah. But my attitude at the time was I would much rather die in a fucked up body now than take a body that's in really good nick into a grave and I'm eight years old and feel like I totally wasted it. That was the attitude I kind of had yeah, at the time. Yeah, but, so, 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 but it makes me feel sad to think that you think that was the best. That was the best. Because you're really young. I know, but there's nothing will ever beat that. No, like, no, no, no. You can't. You can't. You can't. I, so I used to no, think that, right? No, nothing will ever beat it. Stand up was never gave me the high. I having, think you're just not looking hard enough. Well, no, I'm not looking at all. Yeah, I'm taking well, then life get as it looking. Comes. No, get looking. No, <laughs> yeah, what I mean. no, get looking. So I get a lot of what you're saying, right? I used to be an actor. I hated theatre actor. I, I I trained from the age of eight in theatre, right? Yeah. I loved film and television because for me it was about figuring out why, and that's why I'm a psychologist and all that. Now, was figuring out why would someone do that and what's going on in their brain and what you know I'd be figuring out the inner dialogue and and the the challenge for me was getting inside that and making it work and being it you know yeah. making it believable I didn't care about applause I, I, you know if I didn't get it right I don't give a shit if you all stand up and give me a standing ovation yeah. I know I didn't get it right so for me it was about understanding it, doing it, getting it right, performing it, over and done, now give me another piece. I had no desire to do night after night. When I was an actor, I thought that was the only thing that would ever give me the buzz, yeah. the happiness, the... Uh, and I mean, well, it probably is. Well, what else has like what's filled it for you? Like, oh, the, yeah, what I do now, what I do now f- has filled it much more. I was always high as a kite when I was acting. Yeah, really down low when I wasn't. And it's harder for women as actors. Like, there's much more parts for guys. Oh, there is, yeah. But then most things are a bit more difficult. For, for women, women, especially when it comes to performance, because you're judged differently as well. So, yeah, you know, it's yeah, di- it's yeah, different. yeah. I remember someone saying to me, actually, one of the writers off the show about work, and he just said to me, like, you're a really great actor, whatever. And I said, yeah, but it's really tough. I can't get any work now after yeah. this, you know. And he said, yeah, he said, you're really hard to cast. He says, because you're not really beautiful and you're not really ugly. And that's what the parts for women are. You know? Yeah, yeah. But he was and right. Well, he's not right. He's full of shit. But, um, but, but that's it's kind that's of the, the fullest way... shit attitude that can be accepted as normal. I yeah, think. yeah. Because that's that's not a standard I've ever been held to, or no. ever would be held to. No. Granted, I'm not going to get Tom Cruise fucking parts in Hollywood. You know, I'm not going to be the love interest. But I well, never have to. Say, yeah. Why not? Yeah. But my face is like someone drew a face on a balloon. <laughs> Like it's <laughs> no, different, it's not. but it doesn't matter. It's never going to be an issue. Like yeah, it's not, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. For instance, look at any women stand up that are out there now. People will look at me, and if they don't like me, they'll say you're shit. 
Yeah. If they don't they'll like, like her, women, they'll, they'll say, say she's fat. You're she's a this. yeah, fat bitch or fucking another unfunny slut or it's you know it's yeah, the standard that people are being judged. Oh on yeah, no, no, is no. totally totally yeah. different. Of course, she's a stand up. She can't get a bloke. I, yeah. I have never had that. I've been called a fucker and the this and the bollocks and grand, but the standard is totally different. Yeah, and no, it's the that same is with different. Acting. It's the same with performance. It's it's different. Like yeah, it is different, and it's it, it's. What the am same I telling like... you for? You fucking know more than I do. <laughs> no, like... I know, but it's nice to see guys recognize it as well. You know. That's kind yeah, of Yeah, cool. no, it's just like get, it, some lads get upset by it because they take an inference out of it that they haven't worked as hard as they possibly could. You know, sometimes people say, oh, women have to work harder. And lads then see that as, so you're saying I haven't bust my bollocks to get where I am. No, that's not what people it's are saying. It's not a zero-sum game. It's just an added layer of yeah, shit. Yeah. So one thing I wanted to ask you about was... Your new show. I had to listen. I don't get up at six o'clock in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> you obviously have to get up much earlier than Five, six. Five, yeah. Five. Oh, that's not too bad. So I was having to listen to it last night. It's a new show. What I was thinking was, you're four hours on the radio. Like, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah, that long. Well, you, you play music, though, I suppose. I play music. There's news. There's all kinds of things right. that happen. You know, if you add up what I do, it adds up to less than a half an hour. It's spread over four hours, I suppose. Shh, don't let them hear you say no, that. No, well, they know. They know. I want to do more, but they're very strict about the time Are that we they? put into it. Yeah, yeah, because they, they want to get features and music and news. And there's a license. Yeah. So you have to abide by the terms of your license and all as well. You can't just do what you want. So do you... Are you buzzing when you finish that? Like, what do you do with that high when you're just finished? Or do you have no, that? I've you never don't had have that. It? Have you not? No. Right. No, I've never had that from performing. Wow, okay. No, never. But did you have that from your motorbike racing? Yeah, hugely so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hugely, yeah. Um, but I never had it from performing or anything. Okay. I, I get a sense of relief when I do shows. Thank God that wasn't shite or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> That's been my motivation in my life is don't be shit. <laughs> never be brilliant, never be good, never be the best, never be, just don't be shit has always been my motivation. So when I do shows like the radio show, it's always just a feeling of, thank, fuck that, I don't think that was shit, that's great, that's okay, that, uh, that was You're very good. hard on yourself. Well, I guess, so. well, yeah, I suppose you have to be, don't you? Or you do nothing at all, you know? There's yeah. so many people I see, oh, when I, nothing frustrates me more when I go to a venue and somebody gets up and they've done the most mediocre set in the world and they're like, that was amazing. And you're like, yeah, okay, fair play, you did it again. That's my compliment I give people when I think they're, you know, well, you did it again. <laughs> good for you, you did it again. <laughs> I you know always I mean? used that's to feel how, how do you do that when people just ask say. you go to a show what do you think and of that? you go you did it again good for you what am Fair I going to say you did it again. <laughs> yeah. but like you know what I mean and then I all and there's nothing I hate more than when I know when I did a shit show or I walk off stage it was substantial and someone goes oh that was brilliant yeah, yeah fuck off you see, like, I, that really, yeah. I hate this just, yeah. so for me it's that just, really annoyed me yeah. like, I hate it you know what I mean I don't know why they're doing it that's so insincere whenever I did stand up whoever I was doing my gigs with be it Joanne McNally or be it uh, John Lane or any of those people, I would always tell them, this is the last joke I'm going to do this night. When I start this joke, open the back door and start the car so that I would be able to do it, walk out the back door, jump in the car and be the first person out of the venue every single night. You couldn't wait to get away no, from I it? No, I couldn't wait to get away. So it's like torture? Torture. Torture. Wow. Uh, so and I, then you must, um, you, do you know, people listening to this who'd be dying to be stand-up or dying to be actors. This is why I feel terrible probably about kind it. of going, fucking hell. I know. But it's probably because you care less. You see, I think often people get in their way of themselves performing because it matters too much. Do, do you know what I mean? So they kind of... Yeah, I you, guess you so, kinda, yeah. And I've seen people do that. I'm not going to say names, but I know someone in particular who does that. They torture themselves into ruining their performance. Yeah, yeah. But it's not that I care less. I care, like, I care too much about 
the responsibility of it. So when somebody pays in to see a show yeah. for me on a Friday night, it's Vicar Street, it's Random Friday in March, whatever, and they pay in straight away. I think if I don't do the best show they've ever seen of fucked up that weekend, and nothing will ever make me not feel that. That's what I feel. I'm like these fucking people have lives. There's 1,100 of them in Vicar Street. So there's 1,100 people out there who need me to have the best show they've ever seen or their hard lives weekend now is fucked. I've ruined their weekend. I don't know. I can't help it. I don't yeah. give a fuck. That's exactly how I feel. So when the show is over yeah, you and can, if it's the best show and if that. I know the show has been amazing and I'll be honest with you I think most of mine are very competitive. Yeah. I think most of them are amazing shows. I don't enjoy a second of them. Tina. I get in the car and I go the fuck home and I go to bed and I'm glad it's over. So, That's so, always the way it's been. Okay, so it's like you're punishing yourself. So you're only taking the negative. Well, I'm not only taking the negative, yeah, I'm getting paid. Yeah, no, I know. But you're not saying that actually those people in the audience, you could have made their weekend and you made them laugh. You gave them something to laugh about for the first time in six months. Yeah, I know. But you have to do it again there on the Saturday and the Sunday. So, it's you know, you can't. Ah, yeah, you can. I don't, I, I don't think can. I can. I'm you 20 can. years doing change. it. It gets worse every year. So I, well, I then, and then I did that show, the RTE show, Stage Fright, the documentary. Right. And I thought maybe I'd knocked it on the head, but it turned out I was just rehearsing the show as I was going and I felt it was better. And then I had to start writing the show again and it just was back to square one. So this is like the kind of panic attacks before doing it, is it? Just a dread of the whole entire experience. For me, like I've so only why, ever been... Huh? Why, why? Well, I, 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 the reason I'm going to say why do it, I presume the answer Can't is for the money. Else. Can't do anything else. No, that's it. I've always been shit the at acting? the things I like doing and pretty good at things I have no interest in. See, I'm always saying, and it's this is genuinely very, very true with me. Like I was saying to you, don't be shit was my motivation. I never wanted to even be brilliant or the best at anything. I was fucking shit at almost everything I put my hand to. So I was terrible in school, bar English. I was terrible at sport. I wanted to play for the dubs. I wanted to play sport. I couldn't catch a ball to save my life. My hands are literally ornamental at the mo- <laughs> at best. You know, I was terrible at all these things. Everything I did, I was told how bad I was at most of them. But that doesn't mean but that you were actually terrible. You see, no, that's I was, the thing. No, I was. I didn't care what it was. I just wanted to be good yeah. at something. And, and it turned out it was stand-up. No, now, it, it didn't turned, let me did, like it. Oh, oh, yeah. But I got the validation of, it's fine. You can be good at this. Yeah, you know. so can I just explain something to you there then? Because this is the sort of next book I want to write about, right? <laughs> is how we construct who we are and our sense of self, right? So yeah. your brain makes up who you are, right? From all the information it can yeah. get everywhere. There's no independent self. You'll have no. some sort of traits. You're, you're, you're the story you tell yourself. You're the stories you tell yourself are the stories that other people tell you. So your brain literally takes information from all over the place through the course of your life and that becomes who you think you are. Yeah. Whatever. But like loads of that information is wrong and loads of it is outdated. So you're like you're operating on a story of yourself from when you were a kid that you were told you were crap at everything that you did. But yeah, now, well, the yeah, but my experience, were crap. it wasn't just I was told, it was my experience of it as well. Yeah, you know? but what I'm trying to say is like I'm older than you, so I don't know I had to change much by the time you kind of came along to school. But like our teachers were in not in the business of boosting your self-esteem or telling you you were good. They were in the businesses of keeping you under control oh, no, and they, telling I, you were terrible. Yeah, well, yeah, everything I was half decent that was seen as disruptive in school. Yeah. You know, and the idea of having to sit down and work is fundamentally not something I am able to do. I can't do it. For me to do anything productive, I have to be on my feet and moving around yeah. and it's loud and it makes noise. And so yeah. 
that was never valued, you know. No, and uh, and you see, so if you watch kids learning, right, toddlers. They explored the world with all of their senses. Everything goes in their mouth. They smell it. They taste it. They roll in it. You know, they just use everything. And that's how they learn, right? And that's how all of us learn. Well, we go to school and we've decided we want to control children. And so you tell them, cross your arms, don't talk, don't stand, don't sit. And that's torture for some kids. And actually, it's just not good for your brain. So basically what happens is we all turn into these underperforming creatures who really can only learn through hearing and listening and are only valued through that when there's like all this other stuff. So I'm always trying to encourage people, you know, if you want to improve your memory, if you want to improve how your brain works, take in all of your senses. I guess you don't know. I'm just calculus. Um, right, so, so you can't do the So I'm just dyslexic with numbers, essentially. And I left school at 16. But I think if I hadn't left school, I probably would have ended up in jail. So, like, I know if I had stayed in school, it would have been the road to ruin because I was so miserable in school. Like, nothing good was ever going to come out yeah. of that situation, you know. Yeah. So... But that's the teachers. That's down to the teachers and the school and the system. It is. It is because you should be trying to find what someone's good at. You know, it's like forcing square pegs into round holes. That's why when people say to me, like, I did really, really well at university, right? And people say, oh, my God, that's brilliant. I said, no, it's something I found easy. Actually, it was my training as an actor. I worked in soap, so I had to learn tons of scripts over and over again. I went to uni. I just had to learn tons of stuff. And regurgitate <laughs> like you know it. Okay, yeah, I have to be able to understand it and all the rest. But it's just society just puts a value on that. It doesn't mean it's any better than well, it does. And this is one good. thing that annoys me a lot actually because it's so overvalued with some. So, so I have nephews who uh, they play sport and whatever. And this participation medal fucking bullshit really gets to me because. I went to school with lads who were really challenged when it came to certain subjects in school. If school didn't suit you, they put like 30 of us in school and did everything they could do, just put wrap a chain around the door and just ignore us, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you would go out and, but these lads had a way to prove themselves yeah, when it yeah. came to playing sport. You could see talent shining through in some of these yeah. lads. When I look back on it now, and I know some of them ended up on drugs or they just, you know, nothing ever came of it. Yeah. So you don't give anyone a participation medal for maths. <laughs> You know, or science, yeah, or yeah. English, or even theatre. You get the audition. You get you pass the test. You get you or not, and then everyone goes out into a different field, and then and it's not valued to the point. Ah, fair play, sure, everyone gets to have a game. Everyone gets. To, yeah, no, that's not the way. You should, I don't believe it should be like that. You should be equally as rewarded. I'm t- I, like it re- that annoys me. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think it. I I, I think it there's just a few... values. You, you, I, I, this is so. If I get to the one stage, one arena, we go. I'm better at this than everyone. Yeah, yeah. And everyone's and then you're told. Oh no, everyone gets medals. Not this isn't important. Yeah, this yeah, is all yeah. about taking part. This isn't about yeah. excelling yourself. Well, you see, or else like, you, you do it the other serious? way. Or else you say, <laughs> well, actually, you don't have to get ten out of ten in your spelling tests. It's all about taking part. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know, have to but do. The guy with... that gets ten deserves to be celebrated. That's no, all. no, but 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 unless he's better. Yeah, he's better than the rest. I mean, actually, should be acknowledged. You know, I'm all about winning shit. You know, yeah, I'm all yeah. about it. Well, like, I think it's I think okay I, to play I, the game, but you should like if you play fair. If, if you get something over, congratulations. But the winner's the winner. <laughs> I think <laughs> the thing is, though, everybody's good at something. It's just that the school system doesn't look for that. Did you grow up in Clontarf? Oh, no, I grew up with Marino and then Clontarf. So because I grew up, you know, I grew up in a in a really strange situation. Yes, I do. You said that your house was like a university for comedy. Well, it you was... were part of a social experiment. Yeah. 
So I was adopted from True oh, Best yes, for Health well, first. Yeah, we to... And then I ended up with me folks. I was six months in foster care in Finglas. And then I went up with me folks. And then the house became a part of what was a social experiment at the time. What happened was the Eastern Health Board at the time, in their wisdom, decided that there was going to be this, you know, into the community type of idea. I can't, I so the Eastern Health Board for, for listeners so, yeah. in the UK is like the NHS. You or know. A wa- yeah, it was. Or was it's not the Eastern, anymore. yeah, yeah, we so, have the HSE So now. it was like a regional sort of yeah. thing. So, and, so they had this idea that people who had, uh, you know, severe mental illnesses at the time, they'd be put into houses around the country. Now, there was only a handful of places in the country this happened. And just how happened, and I'm mean, a handful, I mean, like five or something, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we ended up with six people who had schizophrenia living in our house. They had schizophrenia? Yeah. So six people who, are, who had schizophrenia living in our house. So it was like me, me dad, me ma, me sister and the dog, and six people with schizophrenia. So I wrote a show about it and it's called Madhouse because I literally cannot explain it any other way. So I lived almost all of my childhood in this experience. Um, so was I ever going to be a doctor after that? I don't think so. <laughs> definitely not it was a definitely not, you know, yeah, yeah, Definitely not a psychiatrist, <laughs> that's for sure. I met a fella recently. I did this mental health talk that Ted Foreman does. This guy, great guy Ted Foreman, he used to play for the dubs and he has this mental health night for, for lads, right? Oh, right, how great. And I was on having a chat about that, doing a talk with the lads there. And there was a lad there who goes, I was part of that scheme as well. I grew up in that scheme. And he goes, would you ever think of working in the mental health business, so to speak? Because he's a psychiatric nurse. Now I was there going, I have no idea how you did that because I couldn't get away from it quick enough. Yeah. And like, he was like, no, no, he was compelled to stay with it his whole life. I was like, man, you haven't... I go, how you did that? I couldn't get away from it quick enough. Like, I was just... Get me out of this house. Like, for how many years was it? Like, was it... Years. years. I think it was like 14 years or something like that. (sighs) Yeah, it was long. Like, right through my childhood. But I presume these people were medicated and... They were. Like, I feel really sorry for them. Like, this is just... This is the thing. Mental health as a word. Yeah. This is a new word. You know yourself. This wasn't a phrase when I was growing up. In the 80s, you were mental or you had health. There was no mental health. So... They were seen as mental. Yeah. You know, oh, it was terrible. We were very, very so, un-PC. And, yeah. and we said, like, as you said, that madhouse thing, just that's a very common phrase in Ireland. People say, oh, we grew up in a madhouse. Oh, there's a madhouse. And it just means you had a chaotic house. It was never intended that way. But that's, that's your why, funny line. That was line. deliberately why we that used was it. Your because funny I said line. I grew up in a madhouse. And goes, oh, oh yeah. didn't we all? No, yeah, we didn't. No, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, so and was... we did, like, I mean, it was awful. Like, psychiatric institutions were, like, called madhouses. And, uh, yeah, the nut house. Uh, the nut house, yeah. Yeah, we were terrible. People, people in, around our road now would call our house the no house and, you know, all of the, you know, the common term, like but, very normal terms. Your man's a looper. You know, yeah, all these yeah, things. yeah. <laughs> yeah he was these a, are the things, you know, that was, that yeah. was very normal turns of phrase, you know. Yeah. Back in the days where we used to refer to mental illness with the most passive weird ways. Remember like, a, oh, Jay's, yeah, he's taken to the bed or his nerves are at him. His it's nerves are at him. Massively suicidal. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't leave the house. For, ah, his nerves are at him. Like, that was the or, diagnosis, you or know. Actually, his fucking nerves are at him. And celebrating people who had serious problems like Bang Bang and Forty Coats and Zosimus, all these famous Dublin characters who became part of the fabric of the city we live in. And there were people who were nowadays that would never you would never have somebody that that Reason vulnerable that just walking g- around. Terrible. Yeah, it's very, very was, different world to it is now, and there's still like I think when it comes to that sort of serious illness thing, I still worry today because with me I hear mental health, mental health, mental health, and it doesn't mean anything. 
It's like saying physical health. I, I, so think, I think, yeah. So the people I grew up with, I think, would feel very excluded by the mental health thing today. It seems to refer to depression and anxiety. That's and it. Depression, anxiety, things that really, they're killers. They kill lads especially. You need to talk about these things. But we focus so much on that. I grew up with fellas who used to see his dead brother in the shops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, start, his dead brother was haunting him and calling him a bastard and beating him in his sleep. He used to wake up thinking he was beating... Another lad who had a, thought he had a dog in his fucking stomach. Like, these people are still completely... No, we're not talking about these no, people. These no, people who have these... No, because that's different. Severe... And mental illness are, are not part of this conversation. Yeah. There's one issue I have with the way it's gone and it speaks exactly to what you're saying and that is that depression and anxiety they run on a continuum so we can all feel a bit depressed and, and anxious and yes it's really important to talk about it before it spirals down. What's happened a little bit is because everybody's very open about talking about oh I've dealt with anxiety or I've had yeah. panic attacks or I've had the people who are looking at that, who have much more severe stuff are kind of going, well, no, hold on, I can't even leave my house. Yeah, I'm not part I, of this I, I, conversation. I'm not part of these people. I, like, I hear what these and, people and, and are saying, well, but I'm obviously completely mad. Because I can't a... leave my house. I yeah. can't even go on social media. I wouldn't even be able to wash but, my hair and put makeup on. I and so the, I think I it's I thought actually... the IRA were in the attic yesterday trying to, you know, these are things I remember people yeah. genuinely thinking in our house. Yeah, well, that's schizophrenia. So, but I mean, eating disorders are in there as well and personality disorders and, you know, there's serious stuff. But I also do think that there's much more serious clinical depression, you know, where people really literally can't function, who don't identify with that sort of more public face of, oh, well, I've lived with depression. We all have. It's a normal human feeling. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't have to end your life. And that's why it's important to talk about it because we can pull ourselves out of it. But I want to talk to you actually about being adopted. So were you told all along that you were adopted? Oh, yeah, I always knew. I remember finding out other people weren't and coming as a shock. I was in Belgrove and I was chatting to a fella called Owen Corcoran is his name. And I was sitting there chatting to him. I can't remember what way the conversation is going. You know, when these significant moments happen in your life, you never know what yeah, was yeah. happening on the road. You don't know it's significant, significant until after. <laughs> yeah, until it's after. So, But I remember just the moment I became aware that he was still with the parents that had him. And I remember initially thinking, the poor bastard, like the fucking hell, like they couldn't find anyone to take him. You know, because me, it was like, they found your parents and then you grew up with your parents. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. So whoever... See, it's the story we tell ourselves. You it's just the story make a story you tell that, So that, that was my way of saying And yeah. I remember that happening. And Do you think that's part of where your comedy comes from? Like, you're a great mimic. Is that a right way to say it? You're great at imitating people's voices and all that. Did, you, did I, that I, start I, young? Yeah, yeah, it did, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that was finding something you were good at that made people laugh. Yeah, but again, for all that time, you were good at something that was just causing fucking trouble for people. Do you know what I mean? That was the problem. Like, I mean, yeah. that would have been the same as saying he's really good at taking heroin or he's really good at drinking. Like, <laughs> it was that destructive in the environment I was yeah, in. So, yeah. you were giddy. Yeah, you know what I mean? Well, yeah, and genuinely, teachers would have hated me and, you know, I would have hated them and I would have hated the confines of the school and they wished I wasn't there and, you know, School I wish wasn't I wasn't fun there. when we grew up. Like, I, it no, wasn't. Was I remember teaching. I'll never forget all this. These are the best days of your life. No. I can categorically tell you <laughs> no. right now. They were the worst fucking no. days yeah, exactly. of my life. I couldn't I used to wait cry to get out. The day I was 16, I'm like, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I couldn't wait. I never look back. Like, yeah. never look back. It was I, awful. I do think it's probably different. Every day was shit. Yeah, it's just a game you have to play. I let you tell this story, but you had a lovely mum and dad growing up, and yeah. you had no real drive to find 
your birth parents? No, yeah, no, not really. Did you imagine, like, I remember talking to Joanna, like, and she was imagining that she was part of this amazing acting dynasty. <laughs> no, we have very different takes on it. I think because I look back at my childhood and I have no real positive childhood memories. Yeah. So I look back on it and I remember being very angry over it. You angry know? that you were adopted? Yeah. Well, yeah. Angry that I was adopted and angry right. at the world and angry at all the world around me. And I remember being very fucking angry over it. I remember at one stage having these thoughts that I'll find them one day and I'll get my own back. That was oh, a thought ang- I so angry have. with them. Angry with them, but angry with everyone. Were you angry, no with your, angry with were them. You angry with your mum? Yeah. Were you? Everyone. Yeah. Everyone. But you're you're real close to your mum. Oh, we're very close now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but not always. No, no, I wasn't close to anyone oh, when I was young. Oh, okay, Jesus, okay. No. So I misunderstood no, that. No, Jesus, no, not at all. Oh, so I didn't you were get really to know troubled. my family until the nineties. Right. I know that sounds ridiculous. We lived in the same house, but we didn't know each other. Ah, yeah, we lived around I, I, each other. I don't think my mother ever knew who I was. Like, yeah. ever. It wasn't who you were. Yeah. You just had to behave. See, I wasn't like that either because I was always in trouble. I was yeah. always very rebellious. I was never fit in. I knew nothing was really expected of me either, you know. So, I guess, yeah, I was just very angry, you know. Yeah. So, I'm saying I was angry at birth parents, but no more angry than I was at anybody else. So, yeah. You know, I was just full of hate when I was a young fella. You know, I was just so fucking angry all the time. Just like, true. I just... hated being out of control, you know, not having any say in anything in my life. It drove me insane. You have to connect with Lemsa say, he has this lovely line because he was angry. And he says, anger is just an emotion in search of love. I'm sure yeah. you had love, but that's what it was. Well, yeah. You know, and I just think it's a great way to look at it, you know, that it's just there was something to miss. And that, I mean, I think that's with any kids that are acting out or there's something not right. You need to try and figure out what it is instead of punishing the anger. You need to find out what's going on in there. Like, Yeah, I guess so. But then I wouldn't have let you either, you know, you wouldn't have got in. Even now, I won't let anyone in. Like, that's never, got, that's not a thing that's ever going to happen. Why are you the afraid it'll gone. hurt too much? No, I just don't think I can do it now. And because I'm so used to it, I don't think I'll ever want to do it now. It's just not a thing for me. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I've never really felt I fit in with anyone or in any place. So, like, for instance, like, a lot of times people say, oh, you know, you're fucking great, the charity work you do and all this yeah. stuff, right? I never buy that narrative. Because for me, it's nothing except trying to justify why I get to get up and breathe every day and other people don't. That's all it is. Because I still feel like a fucking accident. And that's never going to go away. That's just never... I mean, you can say whatever you want. It's you never, mean you feel like an accident because of the way you came here. into the world? Yeah, it shouldn't be here. 
I'm taking up someone else's space. No. No, I listen. No. This is exactly You're breaking my heart. This is exactly how I feel about myself. I'll never right. change. I've heard all the reasoning for this and all, but I'll never believe it any other way. You'll never change unless you decide you want to change. So I'll never change. Yeah. So I always feel like that. So when I do charity work or whatever, it's just trying to fit in for a day or a minute or a week. That's all it is. But it's trying to feel like you're maybe contributing something rather than just taking all the time. Yeah. So when I was born, I was given away. When I went into another house, other people had priorities. When I went to school, I was told I was terrible. I didn't fit in. When I went to work, I wasn't great. When I had passions for things in life, I couldn't pull it off. So all these things in my life, I've always felt like I'm in the way. I'm, I'm taking up a space that doesn't belong to me. That's always the way it is. It probably comes from being adopted. I don't fucking know. I can only tell you that's what I think. Yeah. So when I do the, these charity things, that's the motivation behind it. So it's selfish in itself. Oh, I totally agree. But, I do loads of pro bono yeah. stuff and I don't even see that as boasting. It makes me feel good. I don't believe in altruism. It doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah. You do stuff because it makes you feel I good. I think so, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just think that's just being honest. I do stuff because it makes me feel good. I was actually talking to Tom Dunn and we were actually talking about doing stuff for free. Say, no, I'll give a talk. No, it's fine. You do it for free. Right. And I have a fee then for my corporate stuff. It's how I earn my living. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And other people will ask you and they'll say, you know, we were saying, as he said, you know, someone throws you 50 quid and you feel like, oh, fuck off. It's, it's much easier to do it for free. Yeah, you've ruined it now. You've ruined it now. Yeah. Either you give me my full fee yeah. If you turn around and give me an insulting amount, do you not realise like, that yeah. I just spent 10 hours preparing this for you and at least I got the pleasure out of saying yeah, yeah. I did it for... Yeah, you've wrecked it. I yeah. did it for free. You've kind of wrecked it. We all do it because we get something out of it or it eases some conscience or it just makes us feel good. It doesn't matter. It's benefiting someone else. It doesn't matter what your motivation is. If someone else is benefiting from it, it's good. And the thing yeah. is, with kindness... If you engage in an act of kindness to someone, you get a benefit, they get a benefit. But if someone witnesses an act of kindness, they're more likely to engage in an act of kindness. It's actually really funny. It yeah, just I kind get, of perpetuates yeah. it, you know? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Anyway, so you have overcome so many things. So you got ill. You got a sort of a genetic form of well, arthritis. Well, I didn't know, so it, didn't was know it was genetic. So I got this thing called Ryder Syndrome. So uh, Has that cleared up for you or does it still flare? I'm one of the lucky ones. It, it cleared. It, it went. It's a type of arthritis and you can get it in your feet, in your hands, whatever. And the pain, I'll never forget the pain of it. Uh, so I was doing a gig in Cork and I remember I ate a burger. <laughs> and the next day being in so much pain. So I still don't know if that was a thing or not. But, I, anyway. but it, that's it. It can be triggered by a, a, a gastral infection. You can actually infection. get it through a type yeah, of yeah, food yeah, poison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I went Mad. to the doctor and the doctor said, he was asking me like, you know, is it in your family? Of course, adopted. I don't know. Is there a history of heart disease? I don't know. Cancer? I don't know. Like, you start realising, I literally don't know what I'm made of. I don't know what I'm made of. Now, I'm not one of these people who says, I don't know who I am. I've never, that's never been a challenge for me, thankfully. I just yeah. like, I look it's at what my I'm made of. You I just feel mean that's that, who I am. Yeah, 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 Other yeah. people, they're not as lucky in their yeah. sense of identity. They feel lost. I'm not that person. I just yeah. didn't know what I was made of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And my man, fairness to her, has always said, you have to find where you're from. She says, if you were born under a rock in Killarney, I don't know why I remember that one time. She yeah. said, you have to find that rock, she goes. And that was what started me looking, wanting to find, it was a selfish reason again. It was, I just want to find out what is my medical history? Like, what is it? But you say selfish as if there's something wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. I know, but I... You, I wanted same, to. You don't have to, it doesn't need to be qualified as selfish. It's just, I wanted to. At the same time though, I kind of knew it was going to disrupt other people's lives. 
once the search started... You can't stop, I'd say. Well, it became about something different very, very quick. It became about, who are these people? And, you know, I want to know who these people are and are they all right? And so why what's their it... lives? And hopefully they are okay. And as you get older, you get a bit more understanding about the world. You realise yeah. it's not black and white, even though you still I still struggle with that. So the genuine desire to find out who they were as well as what started I was made up mend. of started to melt. And then, to be honest, it happened very, very quick for me. You know, I literally went to the adoption agency on South Dan Street and said, Cunniff it's called, and says, I want to do this. They said, write a letter. I already knew I had two brothers and two sisters. That you were, already knew that? Yeah, I knew this for years. So, and I have no idea why my parents knew that. To this day, I don't know, but they how? told me you're brothers and sisters. And one of the things my mum always used to tell me was, yeah, you really need to find your family because you could be out there on a football pitch or whatever and you and your brother could be punching the fucking heads off each other and you'd never know each other existed or whatever. So she so, must have known. She did know, yeah. She told me you're brothers and sisters out there. Like, she told me this. How did she know? How did she get that information? Do you know, me and my man never talk about this. Why don't you ask her? I wouldn't. Why? I don't know, we just don't talk about it. Oh, Oh, uh, look, my parents are gone. Yeah. yeah, I can't ask any questions. And it's only yeah. after they're gone, you go, I should have asked. I should ask. You have to. You have know. to. She won't mind. You can always say, look, you don't have to answer this question. But how no, did you know would. I had brothers? Yeah, OK, I'll ask her today. Do, do, I please. don't really want to, but I will. Um, <laughs> no, it's terrible. But, it's like, uh, but, but, but you have this, because I kind of think, I have to say, when I kind of heard this first, that you went looking for your mum, I suppose, is what most people tend to do first. And in your head, you somehow... Uh, but I knew maybe they were th- still together. I knew that as well. You knew that early as yeah, well? Yeah, I knew that early oh, as well. Oh, so I thought, I think there's one newspaper article that I read. It just shows you never believe anything you read in the press where you thought that your mum was maybe a single mum. No, no, that's not me. Oh. No, that wasn't my story at all. No. Right. No, I knew they were together. I knew there was a family I out just, there. I, that makes it much harder. Do you I think? I thought it made it easier. Did it? Yeah. I think, to be honest, my way of finding people is as easy as it can be. Because I knew they were all right. I knew they were still together. I knew they had a family. You know, well, I knew they were still... how did it feel that they have this family unit and then you were elsewhere? Like, not great. I mean, it's still... Yeah. But like every other thing that's happened in my life, I was the black sheep, so whatever, you know, like it's not... You but know. nobody knew, like, that's a mantle that you've assumed in a way because well, loads of people said all that shite, like, to yeah. you. But but like, you were an infant and you were the first, so they were yeah. too young. Is, is that what it was they got? Look, it's 1970s, yeah. west of Ireland. It just wasn't a thing. You couldn't do it. You weren't married. It was yeah. as simple as that. They were of good standing in the community and... I, I don't want to tell their story, but it just wasn't going to be a thing. So, you know, it's and the mother and baby homes, let, let's face it, they were pretty full. You know, this is how Ireland worked, you know. Absolutely. Your social standing, I think people now just don't understand the social pressures of it, you know. So ludicrous, my yeah. But then again, Bespera House was still open, you know. When I started, well, yeah, I said this 90s. in the Ray Darcy show and like nobody had heard of Bespera. Like he couldn't believe that it was a thing. It was so weird, like a couple of months ago, you know, all the news came out. And I was getting all these text messages from people like, are you all right, you know, with this news? And it's like, but this is nothing new to me. Yeah, yeah. This is nothing new to me. Like, this has been my story for the last 45 years. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand you're upset. And I was like, and anyway, don't, like, don't focus on me on this. Like, this, you know, <laughs> there's people who remember it. I, I yeah, don't remember yeah, it, you know. Yeah, yeah, And my sister... I say, but it's not my memories. I don't have memories. These are not mine. Like, not for the My birth mother has yeah. memories. Like, other people have memories of it. Hard for people to understand, like we were more like commodities. We're uh, yeah. different now with kids. Like, but we you are different were... now. It's I, like you know, I I hear my friends and all that have kids, and they say, "Oh, why didn't you never want to have kids?" And like, I just didn't want to. 
have the experience, you know, I only have negative ideas of childhood. And they're like, oh, well, oh, but when you see them, your life is different and it's never the same again. And going, maybe it is for you, but I've <laughs> seen so many examples to say that the opposite, not. that that is just not the truth. I mean, I'm delighted that's your truth. Yeah. I really am. Because you and your kid are going to be very happy together. But like the amount of lads I grew up with and stuff and their dads were pricks to them. They didn't yeah, want them. This... They were vaguely aware that their children lived in the same house. Like it wasn't. It was very different. It it was, we weren't parented. Like we were no. given orders and things that you had to do and what time you had to be in it and what to do. But there was no actual parenting. There was no giving you advice on how to navigate the world or how to you do anything. There was. You, you were just talking about a play date. Are you serious? <laughs> Like, honestly, honestly, you're like, there's no way. Like, to go back to what we said at the start, you weren't allowed in your own house. Like, you know, <laughs> make do. And then, the, like, that gives this image that, like, oh, no, they weren't looking after you. No, they were, that was, that's that was just, just the, the way it that was. That was the world. That was the world. That like, was, that just, was yeah. They were doing was... as good as anybody else. You can be sure of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. And know. that's why I do think, like, it's mad for women. Again, going back to the women thing, like, my mum didn't have a job. Her job was raising kids, but like, that was well. Like, kinda, a, we were born in a time bigger... where if women got married, they had to leave their job yeah, anyway. They, they weren't allowed, yeah, yeah, they weren't yeah. wanted. So, how know. old is your mum that you grew up with? She's 83. So, oh, she's right. just 83. And then, is your birth mother much younger? Yeah, yeah, good bit younger, yeah. No, I couldn't tell you what age she is, but she's younger, yeah. Would she been in her teens when she had yeah, you? Yeah, I think she was 21, maybe something right, like that. Right, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure, to be honest. Like, I'm. You're not curious. <laughs> I do, yeah, I don't I know. I do think that it's that's gas, a boy thing. I, I think that's I a kind of a boy thing I don't know. I find it hard to... I can talk about my own experience of these things. No problem. Yeah. Like, no problem. This is totally all right to me. There's no difficulty. But I can never really ask anyone else. I don't know what that is. When me and me, and me my ex... Well, we're still married, but, you know, my ex, Elaine... And she's still my best friend in the world, so it's totally grand. But she's she was so curious, it used to make me uncomfortable. So me and my birth mother and Elaine would be there and Elaine would be like and what age and what was it like then yeah. and tell us and I'd be like just thinking to myself shut up I don't know why the anxiety of hearing the information used to kill me and still I still Is it that I you're always just assume if somebody's to... not doesn't volunteer it then they don't want me to no, know No don't make that assumption That's what my assumption is No don't make that assumption because they could be dying for you to ask and they could be going why is he no interest in it? Why does he yeah, not want maybe, to know? Yeah, you're probably right. It could yeah. be the complete reverse. And so yeah. the two of you are doing the opposite thing. I was listening. See, I grew up in a house where you never spoke yeah. about that. So, so did you, your sister was adopted as well. There'll be more well. in the house today and tomorrow we'll all wake up and pretend nothing happened. That was my gaff. No matter what happened, you never referred back. Ever. And your sister was adopted as well. She was, yeah. And did you get on with her? I got to know my sister recently. Right. We didn't know each other. Like, we lived yeah. very separate lives. Like, I got up and went out and she... Yeah. No, the same. So got, and she, it's gas the way how she reacted to the experience because we're the only two people we know that live these, you know, experiences, you know. And how she reacted, like she, from the start, she was like, I'm going to have, and she still says, a million kids. I'm going to have a million fucking kids. She goes, a million kids. I want to have a million of them. And she got married and she's three kids and she has a dog. And she's like, I want more. And her husband goes, I'll cut me flute off and I'll throw it in the skip <laughs> over the wall. If you ever get pregnant again, I'm, I'm castrating myself. He's like, I'm, this is never happening again. And that was her reaction was to run headlong into yeah. a family she could make her own and own your own and have that. Yeah. Where I was like, get the fuck out of my just, life, you know. <laughs> just yeah, ran. but just, yeah, ran. yeah. And still running, you know yeah. what I mean? Always going to be running, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, when you run, you're always going to take yourself with you. Like, I, I you can will, never yeah. run away for yourself. But like, I realised, <laughs> I had a very strange, but my perception was, because I was so angry all the time, that when it came to fight or flight, I was always fight, but I wasn't. 
I was always fly. I will cut the cord on things quicker than anyone you know in your life. I will cut the cord. Yeah, because it, it hurts Bang. too much. Bang. If it's it, going like, to hurt too much. It, I, I have never, I never fight with people more than once. Really? Bang. Gone. Really? Yeah. Never fight with people more than once. Like the social scissors comes out. Bang. The cord wow. is cut. The shutters come down and that's it. That's and is it because it hurts too much? Or what? You don't know? I don't know. You're the, you'll have to I know, tell me I that now. I don't know. I don't. I don't have a crystal ball. Yeah. I'm just really interested. Like an yeah. awful lot of what we do is a learned behaviour. It just worked that way. So you just said a minute ago in our house, if we had a row, nobody mentioned it again. Never mentioned it. Again. Do you know? But yeah. you were stuck in the same house, so it's kind and of maybe I, that was uncomfortable. And I never fight with people. So now you kind of go off. God, I used to always be fighting with people. Oh God, I never fight with people. Oh, I, I try so not to. to lose that mind and shout at me, and all. I go, no problem, Grant, and that you'll never hear from me again. <gasps> So you mentioned that you had a fair few injuries from the motorbike riding. Yeah. Did I read somewhere that you have migraine? Oh uh, yeah, I haven't. Thank God I haven't had them in years. Really? Years. I can't get to the bottom of why they went away. That's Please, great. they stay away. Thank God for now. Please, hopefully they never come back again. The pain, the agony of them was unbelievable. Yeah, I have chronic daily migraine, so... Uh, daily? Yeah, 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 yeah. Shut up. Yeah, no. <laughs> I can't that's, imagine it. Um, I haven't had them in a long time. That's great. Like a long time. I'm obviously doing something different. I just yeah, don't know what it is. Well, I mean, yeah, there can also be changes in your body as well. Like uh, hormones kind of affect it and hormones change in everybody. Like Yeah, I'm an elf now, so no, things are different, you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, like things are different. Like, so it's different, yeah. Guys have hormonal changes as well. And actually, we just don't know as much about guys' hormonal changes because most of the research has been done on women because like, yeah. we have crazy, just when it comes to hormones, you know. Something that really, really annoys me is people say they have a migraine when they have a hangover or just a regular headache. <laughs> yeah, the Irish way is revert to the worst thing, <laughs> the isn't it? You know what I mean? It's like somebody who has, you know, obsessive compulsive disorder and someone goes, oh, tell, don't tell me about it. I can't do anything. No, you don't. No, you that. don't You're actually You're just have like it. cleaning or, yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. or, you know, people who have a hangover and say, oh, I'm fucking dying. Jesus, I'm dying. You know, the <laughs> Irish way is to go, I'm literally starving. No, you're literally not. You're literally very hungry. I'm going to keel over if I don't yeah, yeah. eat. It's the Irish way. You yeah, yeah. doing things. I have to say, I think you're very brave. I, I just have to tell the listeners about how this guest came about. Yeah, I was accosted on the road. This was like pretty much it was borderline kidnapping in fairness. <laughs> I was just getting out, I just got out of my car and I was walking into the house and then you were there going, Come here, I'll do a podcast. I was like, What the heck is this? Like, you know, I do a podcast. And then she goes, I'm not mental. And like as we know, the one sign of somebody who's dangerous <laughs> and mental is somebody that goes, I'm not mental when they're at your house. You look right? I was like, what the fuck is this? And you were like, I do a podcast. Now don't. And you were like, I think, what was it you said? Don't think I'm mad. I'm a neuroscientist. I was like, nothing about this makes sense at all. <laughs> and you're like, I've interviewed Joanne McNally. I was like, where are we going with this? <laughs> and then can I have your contact details? I was like, oh, you can, uh, let's let's swap them in the guard <laughs> station. Gave, I was thinking. You gave them to me, <laughs> you see. This is the thing. I could have been... I mean, as you said, well, I didn't know well, I was actually outsider. Me, and I was like, right, do I ignore this or do I Google this person? I was like, oh, she is actually a normal human being. Yeah, I was, <laughs> no, I wouldn't say normal okay, is not, not a normal, word. I, I, I thought it wasn't dangerous. Myself. I don't like, let's be serious. I've told people where I'm going to be today in case you did turn out to be a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the world is aware of, of my current location in case I disappear off the face of the earth. <laughs> I just, honest to God, I have never done anything like that. I, I was walking. This is what all crazy people say this is so out of character you know <laughs> one thing crazy people I say no, all the time is I I'm have, not like this I have no problem being described 
as crazy. I would not be, I would happily take out of the ordinary, you know. It's a bit weird to be stopped on the street and people, you know, talking about you and stuff. Know, it's kind you, of a you, funny but, feeling. Yeah, because it's, they're nearly always nutters, right? Yeah. Well, stop, they are nearly always nutters, right? <laughs> so I was stopped in Fairview by a lad and he goes, come here. I'm writing a movie. I'm so glad I met you. He goes, I'm writing a movie. Oh, right. Will you be in my movie? And I was like, I don't know. And he goes, listen, he says, I have a big budget, right? I'm after buying 12,000 Indian head massagers from China and I'm selling them all and it's going to fund this movie. I was like, I cannot oh, believe no. I'm having this conversation outside Martin's off license and fair. This is the fucking <laughs> most bizarre thing. So you go straight away, this lad is bonkers, right? Yeah. You know, you, you Google better than him. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I, I went and then I went you know what some amazing things have happened in my life through kind of coincidence it kind of just works that way so I walked past you and I went no I can't no I can't fuck it and I turned around that's the bit you missed and I went he's going to think I'm a nut job you know and I went up with that attitude and I could see it on your face I really felt like I kind of went this poor man is actually terrified it was like well only because there was for a brief minute I thought you were like you know sitting in the bin for the last couple of days waiting for me to come in <laughs> you know it didn't seem like a, you know because it didn't feel like a chance meeting for oh. the start I was like she's parked outside my house or something the last three hours or I something. was out for my walk and then you saw me then I realised you only live down the road now I was like oh this is starting to feel much more normal altogether <laughs> you know this is actually a very normal story but in fairness to you you were really really nice about it you were very polite and then you gave me the email address and I kind of went I actually had the same thing I said I'll email him but he may not respond <laughs> and here we are yeah, and here we are, and I'm delighted. It's great. So, like, yeah, folks, you know, ah, go for it sometimes. You never oh, know. Yeah, stick your you neck never, out. Stick your neck out. You never know what happens. Oh, yes, I did want to talk to you about your new job. How do you find that getting up early in the morning? Well, you see, do you have to sleep I've been doing it for six and a half years. So I've yeah. been on breakfast on another station in yeah. the same building for six and a half years. So it's not... So your body's used to it. I'm well used to it, yeah. I mean, 25 years doing gigs at night and then suddenly it turns out you're a morning person, you know. Yeah. Like, it's just, what a weird thing to happen, you know. Uh, and I love it, yeah. Like, I love it, like. I mm. love being on the radio. I love it. You love it more than the stand-up? Much more. So it's a little bit closer to the bike riding. Well, yeah, like, I mean, it's not motorbike racing, but, like, I love it much more. Like, yeah. you know, like, don't get me wrong. When I say nothing's ever going to be as good as that again in life ever, it won't be. But that doesn't mean life's bad. No, I know. You know I know. But I still think, you know, yeah, like we it, all want the buzzy stuff, you know? Yeah, but that's those days are gone. Like, you no, just have to tip not. And, yeah, Jesus. you just kind of have to, you know, I you just kind of tip. This is a bad thing about people nowadays. Everyone thinks they're supposed to be happy all the time. You're fucking oh, not. no. You're supposed to be miserable a lot of the time. So, you know, if no, you're so somewhere... enjoyed the happy Any day bits. that's a five yeah. is a pretty good day, you know. Yeah. Just the days where it's like you're hitting ten, they're gone. Like, those days are gone. But that's all right. I can, you know, you reflect on them and well, you I enjoy them in retrospect. And, you it know, depends. I get my little nostalgia that fills those gaps. Oh, you see, and... I'm not good on that. I don't like the going back. Oh, you see, I do. Well, you know, yeah. for, for things they like that. They make me sad, you see. So I think I'm the opposite way. So if yeah, I Yeah, do... no, I don't. I love walking around all the streets. I walked around the 80s and remembering shit like that and race days and, you know, all that. Right. Oh, mind you, I'll never go back and look at another mobile race or anything again. But I'll play with it in my head, like, you know, right. I'll remember it that way, you know. And when I get on my bike and I ride my motorbike up and down the roads every day now, which is a long way from racing, but, you know, I'll, I'll remember it and go back into my head with it. And Well, you can't watch other people doing it. No. See, I, I, I never watch that... anyone doing that. Yeah, I, I, except I, football. I, I can, do you know what it is? I love watching people do things I can't do. Really? So I, yeah, I love watching football. I love it. 
I yeah, love soccer. it, like, uh, yeah, and I loved watching GAA, mostly Bohemians, and I love all that, because I was never able to do it, so there's a great mystery to it to me. Really? Yeah, and I love that shit, I yeah. love it, like, I lo- like, you know, I love watching people play music well, to certain gigs, I love going to these things. But anything I feel I can do, I kind of devalue it a bit. So I don't want to see anyone do, you know, I don't want to well, see anyone doing race because yeah. I feel I can do that. <laughs> I don't really like watching movies with Irish actors in it. Cause I, oh, yeah. Because I kind of have a bit of a jealousy in it, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you know that kind well, of way? I get that, that, of course. But it's hard for you to detach then. You can't yeah. see them in character anymore. You're seeing... Well, that's true. Seamus from the Abbey and thinking to yourself, yeah, go on, I know what you're like, you yeah, shy yeah. Like, you know, like you can't detach. <laughs> I would still feel like that. Like, I would still feel like a failed actor, you know, whereas my husband would be saying to me, look, all the things you've achieved. And I go, oh, yeah, but it's a bit the same as you. Oh, I yeah, know. but that's... But oh, it annoys you then when it's not acknowledged. Like, when you say to yourself, oh, there's a part of me that feels like a failed actor yeah. and says someone oh, oh when no, people don't look at all yeah. the other stuff does it, you know when you kind of just want someone to go yeah yeah I understand that yeah, yeah. I can see that I have bits of that in my life as well because I think everyone has these things in their oh, life oh everybody has them I think but like uh, Kanye fucking West definitely looks at himself and says I should have got more you know, like no matter who you are in the world, oh you're yeah, gonna, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have got, I should have got more. I well, wish you see, I had done. You know, I still, I let myself down there. Like everybody, so. But you see, it once fucking you... infuriates me when I say I should have. When people just don't go, yeah, I know what you're feeling. I'm the same with this yeah. thing. Yeah. Rather than they go, no, look at all the things you did getting yeah. all that fucking interest in them. Now I'll do that tomorrow. Today I'm looking at the shit. <laughs> We're looking at the shit today. Let's look at the shit today, please. Well, Stop I, fucking I, telling me look at the positive. I've loads of time to be doing that. I want to look at the shit now. You see, I can't look at the shit too long because yeah, that's I get stuck I'm only asking it. for a day. Yeah, I'm only no, asking I get for a day. And no, a day is all it takes for me. I'd be gone. Yeah. You know, I have to keep doing stuff because if I'm I go there, I get in sucked shit. in it. I'm all right in the shit. I'm right. all right in the shit because I know you're in the shit and 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 everyone's in the shit. I don't mind. I can live in the shit. The shit's fine to me. The, the pretend positivity sometimes kills me. I'm like, I use all fucking messing. Is anyone here going to tell the truth? <laughs> Is anyone here going to tell the truth? <laughs> Somebody say they feel like a failure because I know you fucking do. You're lying. You know, yeah. it, it depends on the day. But I but think every... I know, like literally Obama, Barack Obama has definitely looked at himself and says, you know something, I let myself down. And he can list out days. And that way he feels like a failure. Well, he was a fucking failure. Like... We all are failures. Like, but that's you how we learn. But you see, we, we are. Per- all of us are as... F- we are. If we but fail if in fucking loads of things and then we succeed on one thing and this is doesn't be headed to go, no, but that makes you a success. It doesn't just bollocks. No. We're all fucking letting ourselves down all the time. That's all right. This right. is my thing about dreams as well. well like, just... Let your fucking dreams go. Your dreams are like your bank account. There's never as much potential in it as you think there is. You can achieve that and do your... No, you can't. You can achieve that if you're good at it and your timing is good and you know people or you, you know you and can't. you work hard and, and you, you see opportunities know, and you do but it takes that. a long time it takes more than that if yeah. your timing is wrong if you're a little bit too early or you're a little bit too late or you, you, your dreams are fucked let go of your fucking dreams your dreams are baggage your dreams are a story you use to let yourself down like tr- fuck your dreams I think look you, around I think you, you like, look I'm for all, opportunities still, and things, things to are, do, yeah. things are alright it's okay it's fucking okay you know it's grand. I'm not better or worse than anyone else. You know, that's, I don't know. That may, it sounds very negative when I say it, but I, no, I, get, I, think, I get a lot of comfort out of it, you know. I think you're being what I'd call sort of accepting on that. And some people see accepting as 
something negative, but actually it's just going, Not yeah, for me, that's I... just the way that is. And, you know, whatever. But I, th- I think the interesting thing is from a brain perspective is the brain is adaptable, right? It can change and respond. It's constantly changing, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's called neuroplasticity. And all that means is your brain has the capacity to change with learning. So failing is part of learning. And that means your brain is constantly changing, but it's adaptable. So that means when you learn and when you achieve something, right, you're working to achieve it. You get your dopamine hit. You get your reward and then it's done and it doesn't have the same value because you've achieved it. So you have to have something else or you need something else. So like that, like the minute you've written the first book and like the minute that book's written, I'm going, okay, I need to get a third book deal. It's like the album sort of thing, you know. And I am the last few months before this come out trying to come up with an idea for my next book. Yeah. And that went number one the week before last. Brilliant. But I'm kind of going, ah, yeah, but it's only number one in the nonfiction Irish Times charts and that only ah. it no but you know yeah, what I mean yeah, yeah. and someone said to me a friend of mine who's a literary agent she says but nobody can ever take it away from you you are an Irish Times number one bestseller see, and I I'd said go, but it's yeah, only you're non-fiction right. Don't worry. I'd say yeah you're right that's what I'd say to you. Yeah, you're right. It is. It's only non-fiction. Now, yeah. now we can, you can enjoy that. Like, Yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, you see, I'd people... i you're all right. Like, that's fine. <laughs> people think you What's make the... loads of money. Like, you know, it's ah, that's Ireland, though. You know, well, I'll you never know? forget doing the Naked Camera the first year. And like, it went from being literally a nobody comedian to a person that was touring. But you're sitting on money. You yeah. know, I had my leap card. I'm yeah. sitting on a bus with my leap card and the fella goes, so you'll be driving the Ferrari. I mean, are you joking? <laughs> Are you fucking joking? It was the same in Fair City. You only got paid for the weeks you were on. Like, it's not like in the UK. So loads of actors have to sign on in between. And you'd be in the dole and they'd be looking, what are you doing here? Like, you're on the telly. Yeah, I kind of earned six grand this year. (laughs) This year. Yeah, I know one of the actors who was doing Fair City and like, you know, on signing on and posing for photographs, you know, at the post office. And oh, look who it is. And they don't know, like, they don't know why they're there probably paying their TV licence. But he's like, this is the weirdest thing. Like, Yeah, it's so I'm weird. on the scratch and I'm, ho- I'm posing for photographs and yeah. people are going, that's your, your man from Fair City. He was like, this is like, he was like, I don't know how to handle this at all. <laughs> I don't know. Really, I'm, really like, weird. I'm apparently the most successful person in the post office, yet I'm the only one here collecting me fucking gold <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Everyone else is here paying bills. I'm here collecting me scratch. Like, what the fuck sort of... Like, the celebrity in Ireland doesn't mean... Weird. It's weird. Like, we've... Weird. Ireland's so mad. Like, we've celebrity mattress salesmen in, in Ireland. Oh, yeah! He'll make more. He's parked everywhere. He's parked everywhere, you know, and he's brilliant. Mattress mate. But you're celebrity mattress salesmen, celebrity chefs, celebrity hoteliers, yeah, you know, celebrity yeah. fucking accountants. We're starved. For and then we've actors. We're on the scratch. And, oh. and they're the biggest faces. You know, oh. you know like it's so upside I remember, down. Can I, can I ask so you this? Mental. I remember this when Rocha Stores was a shop in town. But I remember, and this happened so often. I mean, I remember you'd be doing your ordinary stuff, like your everyday stuff. I was raising kids and I was looking at something on the shelf. And feel conscious that people walk by. I'm sure you get this all the time. And then they sort of walk back. No, it's not her. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you get the... Yes. No, it's not her. And I kind of went, look, I'll just keep what I'm doing. And then they go, oh, she's much smaller in real life than she is on the telly. And she's this and she's... And they're having a conversation. And they're like this close to you. And you kind of feel like going, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. I'm not deaf. Or else they walk up to you and tell you see, quite recently... In hospital, I was in hospital getting a checkup with a consultant. Thankfully, nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, when people walk up, what's your, your name is again? <laughs> I was there, PJ, and she goes, "No, that's not it. <laughs> It'll come to me." She goes, "Idea," and she goes, "Jason Bourne." <laughs> I said, "No, it's PJ." She goes, "It fucking isn't." I was like, "Right, okay, fair enough." It's they, mad. People talk to you much. 
differently. Oh, you know? differently, differently. I remember. Or the, else, like they know you, like you know, how are we got on? What's the story? Are you well? Yeah, yeah. 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 I've had. To, I'm sure you've had people like that think they know you. They don't realise, and they'll say, oh, "How's yeah. where going? Where's where it, where it? I know you from yeah. in a spa. Where's it? I know you from, and you don't want to go. Oh, I've been I was on, on TV. the telly, yeah. And so you just, I don't know. Oh no! Were you at a party in Valley Fair three years ago? There, a fella called Fat Andy. Oh my God! You're not... <laughs> I no, know. I never knew. That. What is it then? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, must you? Do you know Margaret? Is it? You're like, and it's just these yeah. weird conversations. Yeah, no, you know? I remember that. I never knew. You knew straight away that where they knew you from. And my character wasn't very glamorous, so I always knew I'm looking shit if they're asking if me. You get recognised. <laughs> if I get recognised, I'm looking <laughs> shite, right? <laughs> And it would be, I'd be up in Woody's or something in the middle of decorating and you say, oh, how's it? and like that, you can't, you cannot turn around, where do I know you from? And I'd always say, well, I'm from Clontarf, what school did you go to? Yeah, you, you start know, going that's, through the motions. Because you know, if you turn around, I mean, there'd be someone like your show, Naked Camera, and you'd be going, oh, maybe it's Fair City. No, I don't watch Fair City. And they'd yeah, walk yeah, they'd be, off, yeah, yeah. you know, like there'd be, you just can't say That's it. my friend Eric Lawler, who was in Fair City as Cottle, bad boy Cottle. Uh, he's a stand-up. And he says, because of Fair City, he says Fair City is a different thing because he's done a lot of TV. He says that when you're in Fair City, you, you go into a whole new level Yeah. where people just thought he was the character. So yes. he was in Clare Hall, Tesco, and someone came up to him and goes, you're some fucking bastard you are. You know, that's a character I'm playing. He goes, I don't give a fuck what it is you're doing. You're a bastard. <laughs> he's like, this is, I remember when, when this is what my... Like, I can't even buy bread and milk without yeah. someone giving me shit, you know. I remember George Clooney, not put, talking about myself, our Irish actors in the, in the same context, but, like, he's a movie star now, but he started in sort of soap and, and that sort of thing. And, yeah. and, like, that's what he said. He said, when you're in something like that, you're in people's living rooms. Yeah. So they think they know you. Whereas when it's a movie, you know, you're going to see it and it's a movie star and it's a big thing. It's another thing. level. It's yeah. another level. But I remember there was a guy when I was in it and he was a barman actually, I think in McCoy's and whatever he was doing, he was up to no good. But we used to go down to the Tesco just down the road yeah. from the TV station and someone started to beat him over the head with an umbrella like or whatever he did. Oh, it's mad. Yeah, it is wild. Mad. Yeah. Wild. wild. Yeah, Absolutely is. wild. Right, listen, I've taken loads of your time what I do like to end on is to ask and I'm half dreading this Someone answer Someone ask me this now at all I like to ask people to give their sort of advice on surviving and thriving <laughs> in life Give up on your dreams Yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I mean what do I say I don't I'm the worst person to give anyone any advice you know Stay lucky while you can Stay lucky Jesus Christ, that's all you can do. Wake up and try and feel lucky. You know what I mean? That's it. Yeah. That is really, I'm not even messing. Like, try you and feel really lucky. You really just mean go with the flow. Like, just do you? No, I, I See, mean, I don't believe in luck. Oh, I do, be you don't believe in luck, no. really? Huh? I'm made out of the shit. Like, I'm made out of it. No. Yes. No, you see, that I'm is so, you I giving away your power and your talent to luck. And your personality and the reason people like you. See, oh, this is the what is... The amount of things that could have gone wrong. Yeah, but at they the didn't. the right time or the right person and the right somebody. Yeah, but you were ready. You see, that's my whole point. I wasn't yes. re I'm not ready now. I'm not even ready for dinner. Are you joking? <laughs> yeah, you see, you're not seeing yourself from over here. And seeing how much people like you and how much joy people give. And I can see why that's hard for you to take in because you felt that growing up, everything was the reverse. Right, I'll give you a different answer there. Okay. Right? Be honest, right? Yeah. This is a genuine answer, right? Mm. In the last three years, I wouldn't have given this interview to fucking anyone. Really? Now I'll give it to anyone 
if well, obviously, thanks, you know, even people thanks. who are, even people who attack me in my front garden. Right? I didn't attack you. I know, hear you. Even people who are jump at me. No, but I would, I, and I don't mean anyone. But I would like if I'm having an interview, I would be honest like I am now. Yes. I wouldn't have done it three years ago. It's only the last few years I started to realise why they call it an act. You know, it was an all bullshit. I was sitting down and I was telling people. People were asking me questions. What do you prefer? Do you love stand up or do you love acting more? Little did they know how much it was the, the inner bullshit, the battle of it all. You know. Yeah. And. It's just so much better to be... That I can sit here now and tell you how the shit that I'm not happy about myself and I never will be. I'm, I'm, be, I'm all right with it. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. You don't, I, I don't feel like I need to fix anything anymore. Yeah, yeah. You ask me how things are. If this was a bad day, I'd tell you I'm in a fucking awful humour. I yeah. never would have done it. I f- and it's not like I felt I had to. I was looking after you. You were saying to me, if, if I was telling you I was grand, I was looking after you to try not to make you feel bad. Yeah. To try to make the journalists feel better. Or going into do radio interviews and trying to make them have a good show. And you can do all that just by being See, yourself. I, was... I can be miserable and still give a good interview, I think, now. Yeah. I think it's actually, I can be better. And it serves me better as well. And actually, since I started being honest, people don't just say, listen, I was laughing, but people say, yeah, I fucking can relate to that. Yeah. So be honest. I, like, I mean, it sounds, but be honest. Yeah, love you're, you're bullshit is not bullshit. It's the same as everyone else. That's what I'm saying. If you feel like a failure, you are a failure. Fucking fine. So am I. Yeah. So is every other fucker in the park. You don't, you don't need to carry that bag on your own. We're all carrying our bags of sacks of shit. We're all walking around with sacks of shit that we're never going to get away from. You look at all these celebrities and they'll say, I feel better than you, therefore I know better than you. And you know you're never going to be this glossy version of them, so you feel like you, you can't get away from yeah. it. Yeah. He's a sack of shit lying bastard. It's all right. You know, just fucking be honest. Don't listen to the sacks of shit who are telling you you can be anything you want to be. Be happy with who you are. Be honest. Just be fucking honest. It will free you. It will free you of your shit. I promise you it will set you free. You'll be miserable just the same amount, but you'll get out of it so much quicker. So much quicker. You stop being responsible for everybody else and you'd be surprised where help comes from. Like, you'd be yeah. surprised how much you start making friends who are who will be honest with you back, you know. You'll lose those people who'll tell you what you want to hear. When you're very honest with people, the people will start being very honest with you back. Yeah. So, you want to get through your life a little bit better, a little bit of a smile on your face, or if you're the type of person like me that when you're miserable, you want to get wrapped up in your misery, that's okay. Yeah. That's actually quite an enjoyable thing to do. I think I'm comfortable in misery and anger sometimes, so just be fucking honest. Thanks to PJ for his honesty and I couldn't agree more with his tip for thriving and surviving. Honesty really is fundamental to healthy relationships. Of course, it doesn't mean that you go around sharing unsolicited, honest opinions with random strangers. Although that would make for a great PJ Gallagher comedy character. You can catch PJ in his new series, The Big DIY Challenge, currently airing on RTE. And you can catch up on previous episodes on RTE Player. Well, I'm sorry to say that's the last interview for season three. I'll be taking a much needed break from podcasting to work on my next book and a radio documentary. I hope to spend some time in nature too to look after my mental health. I'll still be on social media though, so do follow me at Sabina Brennan on Instagram and at Sabina underscore Brennan on Twitter. I would welcome any suggestions for topics that you'd like me to cover in the Super Brain Booster episodes. Thanks as always to Emily Burke, who is 
more than just an editor and I couldn't make this series without her. She is my right-hand woman. We have amazing guests lined up for season four, which will return in September. In the interim, if you haven't already done so, please do have a listen to season one and season two. There are some brilliant guests and interviews and booster shots in there. My name is Sabina Brennan and you have been listening to Super Brain, the podcast for everyone with a brain. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.